Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Due to some technical difficulties, the audio quality on this episode is a little bit rougher than usual, but I hope you are still able to listen to Day's story of changing careers and disappointing his Korean parents multiple times. There are people out there who will um, support you and who will take a chance to um, find those people. You're listening to Chief Executive Auntie, the podcast exploring the work lives of Asian Americans beyond the conventional doctor, lawyer, and engineer. I'm your host, Jennifer Duan Faltz. Welcome to the show, everyone. My guest today is Day Jung. He's the owner of Eyeglass Photography and a stay-at-home dad based in Silver Spring, Maryland. Day is a graduate of the University of Michigan and Calvin Theological Seminary. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I guess we can still be friends. I've graduated from <laughs> Ohio State, so we'll, we can be friends for like every 51 weeks out of the year, we can be friends. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about a typical work day for you. And I guess there's probably differences between days when you're shooting versus days that you're not. Uh-huh. Um, so... I think, well, it, I mean, it depends on what kind of shoot, but, um, say, uh, for a family shoot or an event, I try to have, I try to do like family, family sessions. I try to do, um, later in the day, like during golden hour, like the hour before sunset. So, um, it'll be like, like it'll be like that. I'll, uh, I'll send my kids off to school. And then um, usually, if it all goes right, I'll uh, <laughs> so the night before I'll be up pretty late um, doing editing. So then I'll be up late, maybe sometimes until like two or three, and then I'll go to sleep, and then I wake up, send my kids off to school, and then I'll go back to sleep, <laughs> <laughs> wake up, and then have lunch. And then that time between lunch and, um, I guess, dinner time or sunset time, uh, whenever I have a famous shoot, um, it'll be for work or uh, doing editing and things like that. So, um, yeah, so if all goes well, that's what I do. And then I go head off to my shoot. And afterward, um, it's not too late or if it's or if it is too late, uh, I'll try to coordinate with my wife to see what we're doing for dinner. And then, um, after dinner, I'll maybe take an hour, uh, to just, uh, decompress and then I'm back at editing again. Um, for a wedding, it depends, depends on how long, um, a couple of books before. Um, sometimes I've, I've gone as early as 8.30, um, to have just kind of like, um, chill out with the bride and groom uh, while they get ready. Well, you, in the morning, it's usually the bride. Um, and then it's just all day. Um, ends around, the wedding's usually end around 9, 9 to 10 p.m. And then um, pack up and drive back. So, um, yeah, that's 
pretty much it. Um, it's uh, a lot of my a lot of my work is usually um, on weekend, so that's pretty typical. Um, if I have a wedding on the weekend, it'll be all day wedding. Um, we'll be at the wedding all day, and then yeah, if I'm at home, then it'll be editing in the afternoon, and then photo shoot, and then more editing at night. So. How often are you booking weddings and versus just like smaller photo shoots? Um, wedding, I think it averages like once, one a month, um, which is, yeah, I think, I think on average it's been one a month. Last year, um, it was, it was pretty bad. Uh, I, I had, I think I had, I think last fall it was like, I think I had a wedding almost every weekend. Almost every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fall is usually. I, I think. I think. I think a lot of people think that. I think a lot of people. Well, it depends on when you have weddings, right? Um, when people have their weddings, but um, yeah, fall has been um, in my I guess three years of doing this. Fall has been my biggest season because I have weddings. Yeah, I. I think. Yeah. I think I've noticed and a the, trend toward fall weddings. Um, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, my mom texted me and was like, hey, do you remember how much so-and-so's parents gave you for your wedding? Because we're going to their wedding this weekend. And then she <laughs> asked for like three different families. I'm like, okay, it's Chinese church <laughs> wedding season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but, I actually still have that spreadsheet. So she was very happy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so like, yeah, because fall, you, I have weddings and then people are asking me for family photos for Christmas cards. Mm-hmm. So it gets kind of like gets on your way. Yeah. Do fun. you what kind of clientele do you have? I know, and also I also know you do. Um, you do like the first year birthdays for Korean families, right? Yeah. So weddings, weddings. I think it averages like once a month. But then volume wise, like the like the thing that I do the most is probably Korean first birthday mm-hmm. parties. Um, I don't know if you know, um, but yeah, Koreans have a tradition of throwing their first, uh, throwing their child their first birthday party, kind of big, um, like, like everybody. Um, so I'm not familiar with the tradition. Um, is, um, are there like things they do during the parties that are special? Um, they they have a they have like an elaborate like um, table set up with like all these like traditional like um, Korean food. And um, like cookies and rice cakes and things like that. And then the big thing is this um, thing where um, they place they place different objects on the floor or on a mat, and then the baby is supposed to crawl or walk over, and they pick one. And these items are um, things like they're supposed to they're supposed to determine or like kind of predict the child's future, oh. occupation, or something like that. Right? So it'll be. Um, um, there's like more traditional ones, like if they put like a like they'll put like money or like a thread or a spool of thread. Like spool of thread will be um, it'll be uh, like the child will have long life. Mm. If, you, if the child grabs the money, then they'll be rich. And then uh, you know there's like more modern ones, like you know they'll put gavel or stethoscope. Man, they're like grooming. They're like grooming for those careers from year one. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah. I I think most, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just. I mean, most people, for most people, it's just a fun thing. Sure, Um, sure. Yeah. So it's just like not a, just a, 
And then, um, you know, people will try to guess and then, um, whoever wins it, uh, you know, they'll put like, uh, they'll put their guesses in a jar and then they win a prize. That's fun. Tell us a little bit about your backstory. I know photographer and stay-at-home parent is not the first career that you've had. Could you tell us a little bit more? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, let's see. Uh, I grew up in I grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, there are not very many Asians there, so I grew up with uh, all of my uh, community and friends. Those friends were uh, white not Asian. Um, so, um, there's that. So I grew up, my dad was, so my dad initially was, um, well, he did, he studied, uh, he was getting his PhD and then he got his PhD and then he just, he, he saw God calling him to be a pastor. So he, he went to seminary right after he got his PhD. Um, so I grew up pretty much as a pastor's kid. Um, a uh, very small uh, church, uh, youth group. I didn't really grow up with a youth group um, in a typical like um, church, like a typical church. Um, you might not have just, missed much. Yeah, <laughs> it was just me and my brother, pretty much. <laughs> um, so it was like that. Um, I was interested. I think growing up, uh, I, I was I was one hundred percent sure that I wanted to get into computers. Um, like programming, because I think um, when I was growing up um, in the, I guess, mid-90s, I graduated in high school in 2000, so that was like the big, um, everybody's getting into IT sort of um, era, um, so I was convinced that I would become some sort of like software programmer. You know? mm-hmm. But then, I don't know why this didn't, I didn't realize this before, but, you know, I in high school, my high school was so small that uh, they didn't really offer any like computer programming classes. Um, but I still wanted to get into computers because that's like, um, I grew up kind of, um, building computers, um, and fixing my friend's computers and my computers. So, um, I just, I thought that I, that's what I wanted to do. And then, uh, <laughs> I went to college and I found that, uh, I was really bad at it. <laughs> the programming aspect. Um, sure. so. It was it was a it was a bit of an awakening, but uh, after so I dropped all of my computer science classes, and then um, I decided on um, my second favorite thing. Well, my second favorite thing after doing computer things was uh, reading, <laughs> um, kind of the opposite. Right? Um, so I uh, I decided to study English, uh, English literature. Um, so I did that, and then my parents were like, "What are you going to do with an English degree?" So right, like, that's okay. always the question. Yeah. So um, at Michigan, there's no like pre-med like program, so you just kind of like take classes. So what I did was I I was majoring in in English officially, but I was also taking a lot of like pre-med science classes too. Um, and it was kind of crazy um, for a while, but then I don't know. All of a sudden, I just I realized that I wasn't. I wasn't as passionate about the science stuff as um, I was about the English stuff. Um, and then at the time, so having not grown up in um, typical church um, and uh, that sort of environment, when I 
went to college, I wanted to find a church, a larger church community. And I did find that. And I started serving a lot uh, at the church. Um, so uh, all, all these was things. Was it kind of an things, Asian American church? Sorry. It was mostly it was Asian American. Yeah. Okay. So, so all these things kind of came together. I was, uh, I was studying English, I was serving at church a lot. Um, I, would, I didn't really know what to do. Um, in terms of my career, I, I, I didn't, I didn't really think that I didn't really want to go to med school or anything. Um, and I felt like, I strongly felt like I wanted to serve the church uh, as a career. Um, whether it be, I didn't know whether I wanted to be a pastor or something else. So, um, uh, with my pastor and other people's encouragement, I applied to seminary. Um, I wanted to keep, at the time, I wanted to keep serving at uh, the church that I had been attending, so I wanted to stay somewhat local. So I went to um, from um, from Umish, I went to Calvin, which is only about an hour and a half, two hours away. Uh, so I would commute back on the weekends during seminary. Uh, so so I went through seminary. During seminary, I started dating my future now current wife right um so um she uh she is an attorney so she and then she is from maryland and she took the bar in maryland so she was like if you want to uh stay with me then you have to move to we're maryland going to maryland because <laughs> i'm not taking the bar again so uh we um she knew um uh, uh church that needed a uh, was looking for youth pastor. So I moved to Maryland. Um, and I started serving at a Korean church, conservative Korean church. But that story, that story would take a very long time. But uh, <laughs> long story short, um, did not work out um, uh, like I had planned. I think, I think the way I'll put it um, is that it wasn't so much, I don't think it was so much the theology that um, that the Korean church and I disagreed on it was more of the, I guess, sort of the way things were done, the mm. culture. It was, so I, I, after my first church, I served in another church and then I served at yet another church briefly. So three churches, but it just, all those, all three of those just didn't really work out. Um, I think, um, I guess, I, I guess I'm partly to blame for going after the Korean churches, but, um, it just that my personality sort of, sort of more laid back, um, more one-on-one, personal counseling and teaching sort of mentality. That's not really what a lot of Korean churches want. They kind of want more like a like a rah-rah, enthusiastic. Um, let's get as many people here as possible. I feel like every youth pastor yeah. I've met has yeah. <laughs> so much energy, and I'm like, I'm tired just talking to you. But <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I, it didn't really it didn't work, really work out, and um, so at the end of that, I was, I was kind of trying to find my way. Um, I didn't know what to do. I I, I knew I didn't want to. I I felt like I couldn't. Well, I didn't, at the time, I didn't want to go back into ministry. Um, but then at the same time, I still wanted to 
do something that would help the community. Um, I still wanted to do some sort of ministry, if you want to call it that. And then at that, right at that time, um, my son was born. So, so I didn't have a job and I was staying home with the, with the kid, um, with the baby. So uh, I <laughs> had a lot of time to think and you know, I, was, I was trying to think of what to do. Um, and I, I kind of came upon photography. I enjoyed photography for uh, a while just as a hobby. So I thought about it more seriously. And eventually it came to the point where, um, uh, people, uh, my wife and other people, they, they said, why don't you start a website? Why don't you start making some money off of it? Um, that, that happened, yeah, uh, three, four years ago. And that's, that's pretty much where we're at. Um, now, I, yeah, that's how, that now I consider myself, uh, that's how I became like all, all of these like random things. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So photographer. So like people ask me what I do. I'm kind of like, I like, tell them all these things. Photographer. Yeah, it's like how much time you got. <laughs> right, I stay at home and then I do, I do still guest preach occasionally. Um, there will be some, you know, some churches that I, that I keep in contact with. Um, they ask me to come out occasionally. And then I also, I do have a part-time job two days a week. And that's actually, um, at my wife's office. Um, uh, law office. So, um, I do like paperwork and things like that. But it's yeah. <laughs> so, hey, power to you for being able to work with your spouse. I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure just like personality wise, my husband would fire me if I ever because <laughs> he is a detailed scientist and I am not detailed and not a scientist. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um was it hard to was it hard to sort of turn away from this ministry career that you had Presumably invested a bit, a lot of time into your degree and also in those other jobs. It was, I think, I think not for. I think, I think the, I think the difficulty didn't come from any like internal pressure, but it was more outside pressure. Because mm. um, when it comes to uh, being a pastor, um, going into ministry, um, most people think that or a lot of. Christians think that that is like a divine calling. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that like it's it's basically something that God told you to do. And, and if, if you, you don't de- do it, <laughs> if you deviate from that, that's like, like what are you doing, right? Um, and it also um, it, it was also difficult because um, you know my dad again is a pastor, so for him it's kind of like this unfathomable thing that. Um, you know, you were, God would call you into ministry to become pastor of a church, but then, um, for you to just kind of, uh, leave it. I I think for him, because in his own church ministry experience, he had suffered a lot. Uh, He had gone through a lot of difficult things, but then he kept at it. Um, he was just kind of like, um, how could you, how could you give it up? How could you kind of just, um, it didn't, it didn't make sense for me to just kind of, um, let it go after I only did it for three to four years. And to, I think, I think he sort of 
I think uh, this is me interpreting him, right? This is not, I didn't, he hasn't said anything like that to me, but um, for him, it just didn't make any sense, right? For me, for him, it probably seems like I gave up on the TV play. Um, they, I mean, even now, <laughs> when I talk to my parents, they're kind of like, so are you still, uh, are you still, still looking for a job? Yeah, yeah, still you're reading your Bible every day. Um, uh, Koreans, um, they all like, they all know people from, they're, they're all connected. Right? So, um, they'll, they'll, every, every so often they'll be like, oh, I heard this pastor in your area is looking for a YouTube pastor. And, uh, so, um, so on that, on that, in that sense, it was difficult. It was also difficult when, um, you know, sort of built up your identity as a, as a pastor. You know, people mm-hmm. called you, people called me Pastor Day for like the longest time. Um, and then all of a sudden you're kind of not. And then, and then they, I think, I think this is, I think, um, it's, it's probably similar. I mean, it's, it's similar to what other people feel when they lose their, um, non-ministry job, right? And people kind of like, um, they kind of feel sorry for you and they don't really know what to say. Um, uh, except now, um, you're a pastor and they're kind of wondering why, you know, what did you do? Like, what happened? Like, why did you, why did you get fired from this church? You know, yeah, I feel like, happened. I feel like pastors are held to, higher standards, which I mean, they should be, I guess, in some way, yeah. but they're also still people, you know? And right. I I had to give up the idea of calling a long time ago because it just didn't, it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense anymore. I thought, I, I thought teaching was my calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know how much of this is, because I grew up in an Asian American church too. I don't know how much of this is the church part and how much of this is the Asian part, but like, mm-hmm there's one path for you in life and right. or or at least just like a very narrow range of choices and right. and teacher already was already kind of on the fringe of that range and mm-hmm. so you know when i'm like okay i'm going to go be a blogger and a writer my parents <laughs> are like what do you what do you do again <laughs> yeah I, I think because it was kind of of struggling with that so i kind of that's why i kind of felt like i needed to if I were gonna, if I was gonna do something that I wanted to, it to be something ministry-like, um, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't want it to be just like um, I didn't want. It, if I did photography, then I didn't want to just make it like this is a photography business. You know? So yeah, um, so I came up with an idea. Um, someone website and could donate a portion of what I make to. Um, um, well, the organization that I've been donating to called Samaritan Women, they work with uh, victims of sex trafficking. So, um, yeah, so I, I, wanted, I wanted it to be something like that, right? I wanted to, if I work for a nonprofit, then it would have to be, yeah, then it would be something that would be helping other people out. I didn't just want to um, just make it like this standalone um, business for me. I wanted it to be for something else. So that's kind of how I reconciled things um, initially. Well, and the way the way I've heard you talk about your clients, it's clear to me at least that they're not just people giving you money. Like you care about them, you talk right. to them, you get to know them, especially I press probably especially for like wedding clients, like 
you're there on one of the biggest days of their life. And I can tell, I, like I said, I can tell from the way you talk about them that they are more than just, you know, clients, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I've had a lot of people tell me that they were, they really appreciated the, uh, like it's the charity aspect of um, what I do. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I'm glad that, um, I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to do it. <laughs> um, and I, I, I don't think, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, I have to acknowledge uh, the privilege of having a wife who makes just enough money that um, you can make this sort of thing work. Because I, I mean, I, otherwise, then, you know, otherwise, I'll probably have to find a, a real job, right? <laughs> something that makes what a little you more do money. is a real job. Too. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but and I know so, what you mean. Yeah. So, what um, are some of the challenges of your business and um, balancing that with being a parent? Well, that's that's one of them, right? Um, the the um, pay is kind of like it's not consistent. Mm-hmm. It's like, like so, so you know when I when I have a wedding, it, it's like a lot of money all at once, and then like other times when it's like like during the during the winter, there's like nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> unless people are paying me deposits. It's you know kind of like nothing. Um, that's one challenge in terms of being balancing it, being a parent. Um, it's just um, you know I gave you I. Uh, I gave you a rundown of my schedule, and honestly, sometimes in the afternoon it is um, it's like <laughs> now that my kids are in school, like um, and nobody's home, and I'm kind of like, oh man, this is like great. <laughs> I can just kind of like yeah, I just, just like watch sit TV. in the sit in yeah. the silence, <laughs> right? And then, I like, can't I, wait for that day. Yeah, I, like I know I should be working on editing um, because otherwise I'll be staying up even later at night. Um, so that's, that's still the challenge. Um, it's okay for like a couple of days um, when you stay up to like three or four editing, but it just kind of wears down on me. Um, and I have noticed that when I actually sort of um, discipline myself and kind of get on it um, and do, uh, just do a little bit of something in the afternoon um, when it comes to editing, um, after lunch, it, the, everything just worked out a lot better. I'm not like, mm-hmm. in a rush. I don't feel the pressure. Yeah. Um, Do you have it, a separate, um, like a separate working space, like an I office don't. or a study or anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, my wife has a space out there because she does a lot of crafting. Mm-hmm. So she does. She does. She's crafting for. Uh, other people prevent as well. Um, so, um, so she has her space there, and then uh, basement's filled with toys. Kitchen table is filled with kids. Everything that needs to be served. I usually just, I usually just um, play myself on the couch, and I'll have like uh, I'll have, um, sometimes I'll have TV running in the background while I edit. Yeah, so it's I don't really have I don't really have like a dedicated space. If I, I sometimes if I really need to get on it, then I'll like clear off the kitchen table and sit there. Um, but usually I'm just on the couch. I kind of try to take it. I, I don't want to uh, 
kind of make myself comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Could you go somewhere? It is your <laughs> is your editing la- is your editing setup portable in any way? I don't know. For me, oh, I have to kind of like the yeah. physical space makes a big difference for me. Like I have an office that right. I'm like, okay, when I go in here, it is work time. It is not chore time. Right. Also, my family knows that if the door is closed, like the house must be burning down for them to interrupt <laughs> me. <laughs> they don't be, always listen to that, but it's worth that, it. I, I try. That would be nice, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought about that, like go to a coffee shop or something. But, but I totally um, understand also wanting <laughs> to be comfortable. <laughs> I mean, the couch is pretty hard to beat. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're a, I can't remember if you're a, uh, believer in Enneagram, but <laughs> oh yes, I'm, I love Enneagram. If, 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 if anyone, if anyone, uh, if anyone out there um, knows or connects, uh, I'm an I'm an Enneagram nine. So like nesting and making my surroundings comfortable is like my thing. So like yeah, like <laughs> my couch is like you know that's when when I want to like do work, that's like where I want to be. Um, I could get up and. Um, get a snack and things like that. Well, maybe you can have some kind of like, (laughs) I'm imagining, I don't know why, I'm imagining like, like when a dog like spins around before it goes, before it lays down to go to sleep, like don't actually do that. But like, maybe you have some kind of like nesting ritual to tell your brain like, okay, right, I'm going to edit now. And I don't know that one that keeps you more focused during that time, but also that's a way to be like, oh, I could just like do something else, but no, I'm gonna go do this little like ritual ceremony thing and then kind of get into that right. headspace. Um, the other thing, so I work, my child has like four hours of childcare a day, and I used to like drop him off, come back, and like work immediately because mm-hmm. I only have four hours. Um, but I discovered I was a lot more productive when I would go and like exercise or Mm. I don't know, eat, (laughs) have a cup of tea. Like it actually, I was actually more productive when I stopped, did something for myself Mm -hmm. and then go and do something for somebody else. Cause you know, as parents, you're doing things for other people 24 hours a day. And so having, for me, having that little minute of like, okay, this is my time. And then I'm in a much better headspace to go and build a website or write a sales page or whatever. So as we wrap up, what advice do you have for Asian Americans who maybe want to leave a career, who maybe want to switch careers? I think think you need to find, if you're going into something that's atypical or like a more creative field, um, I think you need to find a way to not just um, sort of like, like in terms of photography, I'm creating photos, right? So, but, um, you don't want to just sort of, um, if the pressure is coming from your family or people, other people, then you need to sort of show them that, um, this can work. Right? I mm-hmm. think that's, I think that's the big thing. Um, because when I first started photography, it was kind of like, well, uh, a lot of, you know, my parents and my in-laws were like, well, <laughs> don't you need to go to school? Do you know anything about it? And they just kind of doubt that um, 
Um, they don't, they're, they're at the base level, they're sort of just concerned for you. Like, mm -hmm. Do you really know what you're doing? Like, do you um, really understand what you're getting yourself into? And, um, in terms of that, like, um, in terms of my photography work, you know, it's, you, you just need to show them that, um, this is, this is making you happy. And this is something that you're actually, um, good at. Um, and that might involve, like, um, that might involve, you know, doing, you know, uh, I mean, all, all, all Asian people like uh, getting family photos, like free family photos at like Christmas time or whatever. Um, yeah, Lunar New Year, right? Um, you know, if you're, if you're getting into photography, just, you know, show them that you can do it and you can do it well, um, at those things, right? Um, um take, take, um, find opportunities to show them, um, show the naysayers and the, um, uh, that, that this is something that, uh, that you can do. Um, mm -hmm. I think, I think, I think ultimately, I, I, I know I'm going to sound like idealistic, but ultimately, um, when, um, when people raise their concerns about, uh, people who, uh, Asian, Asian Americans who go off into, um, uh, especially I think more creative fields, um, their, their concern, they, they, they just want you to be happy and, um, is concerned for your well-being, and uh, as long as I think, as long as you can show them that, um, uh, it's, it'll be okay. Um, it, it it takes a while. Um, my parents are always concerned uh, that, um, uh, like, <laughs> my parents are always concerned that like um, it's affecting like my life, my health, and my marriage. But as long as I keep showing them, um that it's not and that I'm happier this way than I, I think I think if you if you do that then they really don't have anything to say. Mm -hmm. If you tell them that you're happy, if you tell them that everything is going well, now what else is there to say? Um, yeah, for sure. Um well. yeah, I mean just go for it. Right? Take take opportunities to um you know, take your chances. Find people who uh, I, I wouldn't have been, uh, I had, I was lucky to have people around me who were interested in, um, you know, getting, <laughs> getting their photos taken for cheap. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, find, find people who, there are people out there who will support you and who will take a chance. So, um, find those people. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if there's any other advice I can give. Yeah, no, no, that's great. Um, that's great. That's a great note to end on. Just yeah. show people that you can do it. And I, I think with our parents, especially with Asian parents, like they're not ask, they're not, they're not doubting from a place of like, oh, we don't think you can do it. It's just they don't know anybody who's done it, and so they don't. They've never true. seen it before. I think yeah. I used to waste a lot of energy, like. I don't know, being mad at my parents because I thought that they were doubting me, but it, mm -hmm. it was just that they had never seen anybody do what I was doing. So, right. and that's kind of the point of this podcast. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Day. Uh, you can find Day's photography at eyeglassphoto.com. He's also on Instagram. Any other channels we can find you? 
my, I guess, I think I, I post more photos on my personal, uh, personal Instagram, which is Beijing, D-A-E-J-O-N-G. Um, I think that's where you'll find most of my. Okay. I'll drop a link to that in the show notes. Um, All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Executive Ante. You can find show notes, resource links, and more Ante rants at chiefexecutiveante.com. That's chiefexecutive, A-U-N-T-I-E.com. Special thanks to Sue Ann Shaw, who mixed and mastered this episode and composed the music, Alyssa De La Rosa, who created the branding, and my distribution partner, Mochi Magazine. Check out more stories for Asian American women at www.mochimag.com. That's M-O-C-H-I-M-A-G.com. See you next time.